Welcome to the Liberty Cafe, where oppression is on the menu. I am glad you are with me today on episode 30 of the Liberty Cafe. I want to also thank our sponsors, Texas Scorecard. We're glad to be in partnership with them. I want to talk today about corporate welfare. There's a lot of things you can call it. Corporate cronyism, taxpayer-funded lobbying is part of that whole deal, corporate favoritism, all all kinds of things, regulatory favoritism, rent-seeking. There's a lot of different things that go along with it. But basically, the idea is that corporate welfare cronyism is when big business gets into partnership with big government. Of course, there's nothing wrong with big business. The problem is, is that there is something wrong with big government. And so when you put those two together, what they do is they want to protect each other and make sure big business wants to make sure it stays big. It doesn't like competition very much. And so in order to do that, they have to make sure that big government also stays big. So I want to talk a little bit about that today. Let me start with just a, a quick story. Back around oh, 2007, eight, when I was at the Texas Public Policy Foundation, I was doing a lot of different issues, and everywhere I turned, it seemed like I was running into local government as an opposition to what we were trying to do at the foundation. It was reduce local property taxes, get rid of local franchise fees, deal with eminent domain, regulatory takings, whatever it was, local government was trying to stop us. And so some of us at TPPF got together and, and decided that we really needed to, to take that on by dedicating a, a center to fight local government. And over time, we were able to put together the, the, the funding that was needed and pull that together. And, and we hired James Quintero, and actually James Quintero was already working there for us, but James Quintero moved over in the foundation because he was part of that. And ran that organization along with Jess Fields at the time and and a lot of other people. James is still over there. And it has been amazing what that effort has accomplished. It wasn't just Texas Public Policy Foundation. Uh, Empowered Texans folks, Michael Sullivan, that group also made a concerted effort. And what has been accomplished for that is just amazing. They used to have this term, local control, and that was always would win the day. Oh, you can't take this away from a state legislature because we all believe in local control. Well, people in the legislature started figuring out that local control meant that the local government was going to run things, not the people and not the Texas legislature. And the folks in the legislature didn't really like that. And so one of the biggest victories during this time has been taking away forced annexation. Now, if your area is going to get annexed, the, the voters in the area have to vote for it. There have been other victories. Of course, one of the things that's still on the table is the battle over taxpayer-funded lobbyists, where local governments pay high-dollar lobbyists up here in Austin to carry their water for them and actually fight against taxpayers. That battle is still ongoing. We'll see how that turns out. But nonetheless, there have been some big victories there. But then about I think it was maybe seven, eight years ago. Again, some of us started looking at things and, and we started running into opposition from big business everywhere we went. Big business was the one getting it. And so we started at the foundation putting together an effort to fight corporate cronyism, corporate welfare. That fight hasn't gone so well. And I think there's two parts to that. One 
is that groups in Austin, some groups in Austin, have sort of lost their focus in this battle and don't really see it as the fight that it is. And then second of all, big business is a much better partner for members of the Texas legislature, government officials in Austin, than local government would. Local government just wanted stuff, but big business is actually willing to give stuff to the politicians in Austin and help them stay in office. So they're not a threat to Austin politicians like local governments were. They're actually a partner. And so that's made this fight a lot harder. This has all come to light lately as we have seen a bill filed yesterday by Representative Jim Murphy. Representative Murphy is out of Houston in his private life. He is the head of the West Chase Economic Development Corporation. His business is economic development, so it's not surprising that he would be filing a bill to expand and extend economic development in Texas. The bill that he's filed in particular is one that would extend Chapter 313 local tax abatements to big businesses that want to expand in Texas or build in Texas. This, this, these abatements come through school districts, which tax your property. There's also another project, uh, Chapter 312 abatements that come through counties, and cities, and hospital districts, things like that. These programs put together are some of the biggest programs in Texas for corporate cronyism. Uh, for instance, uh, this is a little dated but back in May of 2016, there were 311 active Chapter 313 projects in Texas. As of that time, those deals were worth $7.1 billion to these businesses. That's $7.1 billion of property taxes they weren't paying, and we are paying. And that's just on Chapter 313. It cost a lot of money. In aggregate, you would say about $790 million a year. It's a lot of money. A lot of that money is also going to renewable energy companies. Matter of fact, the majority of the projects today, maybe not the money, but the majority of the projects are coming through renewable energy. So essentially, we are paying to have our grid destroyed by wind and solar generation that can't perform when we really need them. But that's a story for another day. What is a story for today is that everybody knows that the public doesn't really like this very much. Yeah, we like jobs and everything, but the truth is all these companies would be coming here to Texas to build because we have generally lower taxes. Even with our higher property taxes, our overall tax burden is lower. We have lower regulations, generally great weather. It's humid, but it's not snowy and freezing all the time like it is up north. And just have a great regulatory and business climate. They would be coming here with or without these things. And so folks see that at one level. Businesses see that. And so they want to keep all this stuff secret. And so there's all kinds of exemptions in both the Texas Open Meetings Act and the Texas Public Information Act that keep this stuff secret until it's basically too late. So if, if you hear about one of these developments, one of these agreements for tax abatements, almost always it's going to be after the deal has been cut. Maybe the deal hasn't been quite voted on yet because they have to vote on these things in open meetings, but almost all the negotiations go on behind closed doors. Sometimes you'll see them out in the public just because the companies are so big. 
but you don't get any details and you don't really even know who the companies you're dealing with until it's too late to do much about it. That's certainly the case with renewable energy abatements, but it's, it's the case with all of them. So here, here's just a list of some of the beneficiaries of these abatements over the last uh, several years. Samsung, Formosa Plastics, Chevron Phillips, those two have six abatement agreements over the years. British Petroleum, ConocoPhillips, Dow Chemical, Duke Energy, ExxonMobil, they lead the pack with eight abatement packages over the years. Hewlett Packard, Mid-Continent Oil, Texas Instruments, and Toyota. And they're all up here as businesses and with associations up here lobbying in Austin to continue these things. The reason that Representative Murphy filed this bill is because Chapter 313 will expire next year unless the legislature passes an extension bill. And so that's what his bill would do, among other things. So all these companies are up here lobbying for this. And they also have their associations. You have the Texas Association of Manufacturing, the Texas Association of Business, the Texas Oil and Gas Association, TIPRO, which is um, independent oil producers. You have local chambers of commerce and economic development corporations. They're all up here. It's really pretty sad to see, for instance, like the Texas Oil and Gas Association and TIPRO up here because they're lobbying for these packages so they can get theirs. But the renewable energy companies are taking all these things too. And essentially, Texas Oil and Gas Association and TIPRO are subsidizing their competition. Hopefully, they don't subsidize them so much that it leads to their own demise. Or at least I don't really care about those associations, but to the demise of the oil and gas interest. So again, there's all kinds of economic development, subsidies, cronyism, welfare going on in the state. I've already talked about the local subsidies. I'm not going to talk too much about everything else, but we got a lot at the state level, particularly the big one there is the Texas Enterprise Fund, which is controlled by the governor. And it's, it's just like a free handout where the government says, hey, I want you to come here. You favored business. You have the best lobbyist. I want you to come to Texas and give us some jobs, and we're going to give you a lot of taxpayer money. And so they just hand it over. But there's film subsidies, all other different kinds of things. And then there's regulatory favoritism, where big government gets with big business, and they write regulations that favor the biggest of the big businesses so they don't get competitors from little guys who want to come in or, or other big guys who want to come in from other markets. The, the worst of those is the title insurance market. And again, I'm not going to get into all that, but title insurance companies have basically written our laws to regulate them. And as a result, there is zero competition on price in this market. And that's why if you ever pay title insurance, you're paying far more than you need to. You know, I've run numbers in the past. It could be as high as 25, 30, 35% higher than you need to be paying, but it's a rigged game. So one point I want to make here is that when we talk about all this stuff, this is not capitalism, it's cronyism. And unfortunately, what we have is a situation where many people, particularly I think many young people, have been brought up looking at these things. Maybe their parents are liberal, or maybe they just really have eyes and can see around them. And they look at all this stuff and they go, if this is capitalism, I don't want any part of it. And frankly, I can't blame them for that. But it's not capitalism, it's cronyism. Yet this has brought disrepute to markets. And now capitalism, free markets are really having a hard time. And they're having a hard time, not from just the traditional left opposition, but even 
from folks who traditionally might be conservative or in the Republican Party, there, there's really not a, a big lobby out there for free markets anymore. You have the people who want to destroy markets and have the government take it all over. And then you have the folks, and those are mostly on the left, and you have the folks on the right, if you call it so, who just want big government to support big business. And so that's the cronyist. And there's not just a lot of room in, in the middle, if you will, for those of us who support free markets. And, it, and it's pretty sad. To go a little bit deeper on this, I want to turn to Scripture, and we'll look over at Matthew six twenty one. That's where Jesus reminds us that where our treasure is, there also our heart will be. The problem we have today is that with these cronyists, their hearts are with their benefactors and big government, which is totally different than where the hearts of entrepreneurs are. You know, entrepreneurs go out there and they risk their own capital. They enter into markets and they compete, turn a profit, and they know the only way that they can win that profit is by satisfying customers, by having customers voluntarily buy their products. And so their hearts are with their customers. And, and these may not be very nice people sometimes, but they know where their profit is going to come from is from customers. And so that's where their hearts are. But as I said, with the cronyists, that's not the case. Cronyists more and more are not looking to earn their profits by satisfying customers, but by satisfying their benefactors in big government. Essentially, they've just decided that it's better to steal than compete, yeah, which kind of makes sense. You know, if you're not a very good businessman, why work hard and maybe lose? When you can just spend money on lobbyists, pay campaign cash to your political benefactors, and then head to the bank. It's just a lot simpler and easier, and the downside is very limited. So these companies essentially have sold us out to earn money through the government rather than through corporations. But of course, lately we've seen this really be elevated to another step. These businesses are no longer just selling us out in the marketplace. They're, they're not just making the products more expensive through subsidies or cheaper through favored regulation, that kind of thing. Because what they've seen is that a lot of conservatives and libertarians and populists and those kind of things have been calling them out to this. They're, they're sick and tired. We are sick and tired of having our money taken away from us and given to multi-billion dollar corporations. I think that was a big part behind Trump's victory. I think it was a big factor in the Brexit over in England. And we've really started to speak out on this. It was also part of what drove the Tea Party. It kind of went away, but it continues to come up. People aren't happy with the situation. But now big business has seen that they can partner with big government and the media through technology and take us out of the picture. We've all seen the attacks on conservatives of late, Parler, Twitter, you name it. So what we have now is that big tech is putting together the technology so that the big government, big business, media conglomerate can operate with impunity without us pesky conservatives in the way. And I might add, without us pesky Christians. And it's really important for us to note the Christian connection here, because as bad as this is from a secular standpoint, just looking at it from the way the world operates, this takeover we're seeing is part of a bigger battle 
of the world against God. If, if you haven't thought about it in this way, I, I hope you'll just stick with me for just a minute, see if this makes sense. Because the effort here is to deny that God exists. Of course, the, the problem for these folks is that all you have to do is look around at the world and each other to know that God does exist. So they have to come up with lies to try and hide what is obvious to, to everybody. So, for instance, they tell us the world is billions of years old. Hey, no creator needed. They tell us that men can be women and women can be men. No creator needed. We also hear that marriage is optional. Sex is fine without it, but when we do use it, men can marry men and women can marry women. Again, no creator needed. Finally, babies are human? Hardly. We can kill them until they're out of the womb, or maybe a little bit after. Again, no creator needed. So that's the first part, is to try and obscure God's existence through all these lies. But the second part is... All right, they deny that God exists out there. But the problem is, is that people need God. They need a God. They actually need God because they have to worship something because that's the way we were created. And so if there is no God, there has to be a replacement for God. And so that's what these folks are in the business of doing. What could be a better replacement for God from the worldly perspective and the sinful heart perspective? than the Big Brother combination of government, business, and media. They will take care of all of our needs, especially our need to worship. Of course, the deal is, don't forget who you're worshiping now, because when you step out of line with this God, you get sacrificed on the altar of diversity. That's right. If you're too diverse, you get sacrificed. You have to stay within orthodox diversity, if that makes sense. This this leads to a, a similar problem, a related problem, that may not seem to many to have much to do with where we started, big government, corporate cronyism, that kind of thing. But it's a problem with the church today. Too many Christians are missing this entire battle. I mean, yeah, they see a lot of the problems here, but they rarely see big government as a spiritual problem. And really, this is nothing new either. This has happened many times throughout church history. They've missed the battles that are right in front of their face. And in many cases today, America, even some Christians and conservatives, or moderates, whatever you want to call them, are going along as well. That, that's certainly what we see in the, in the Texas legislature on this fight to extend Chapter 313. It may be a fight. It may not be a fight. I've talked about this before. I'm hoping it will be some of what of a fight. The problem is that, that Representative Murphy is a strong advocate for these and has a lot of sway over in the uh, House. Over in the Senate, the, the chairman of the relevant committee is Senator Brian Birdwell, and he is a big fan of these things as well. And so the people in position of power haven't ever seen Lieutenant Governor Patrick or Speaker Phelan speak out against these things or have much concern about them. So the, the folks in power aren't going to, it seem, do much for us. So it's going to be up to us to fight this thing. Same thing would go for Governor Abbott. He loves economic development programs. He's got a lot in his office. So I hope, though, I haven't gotten too negative for you. We really are going to win this battle. Now, we, we may not win the battle on Chapter 313 tax abatements or Governor's Enterprise Fund or, or whatever that proximate battle may be, but God has promised us that we're going to win the battle of the heart, that, that 
Jesus Christ is the king of this world, and he is ruling over it even today, and he is guiding and directing us to victory. And so we, we need to keep this in mind, even when it looks like the church and society are going to hell in a handbasket, are going to hell in a handbasket. Because we have to remember that God's biggest victory in this battle was the day his son, Jesus Christ, was crucified on the cross. So when we see Joe Biden and Kamala Harris take office, for instance, remember that is a victory. When we see Representative Murphy and Senator Birdwell fork over money to ExxonMobil, our money to ExxonMobil, that is a victory. When we see Governor Abbott shut down our businesses and force us to wear masks, that is a victory. Now, don't get me wrong. I'd love to see some victories like Ted Cruz as our next president, a radical change of Republican leadership in Austin, cutting the Texas budget, getting rid of taxpayer-funded lobbying. That would be great. But the thing to remember is that God's path is a winning path. So let's take heart whichever way he leads us. Thank you for joining me again today on the Liberty Cafe. And thanks once again to our sponsors, Texas Scorecard. Thank you for listening to the Liberty Cafe with Bill Peacock. This show is produced by Texas Scorecard. You can learn more about this show and find other shows at texasscorecard.com. Be sure you subscribe and rate this show on whatever platform you listen on. See you next time.